Hi ho ladies and gentlemen, this is not a pyramid scheme. We are back for episode two of the Sports Desk Podcast, coming to you live from Cecil County, Maryland. Uh, can't point that out on a map, but we're here. Tonight we're going to be talking about a week 13 recap. We got some college football playoff predictions for you now that that's finally settled. And we're going to be talking about some wild card spoilers. We're going to try and keep it short, sweet, and to the point. Just to do some housekeeping real quick, you can follow us on Instagram at the Sports Desk Pod. We're on iTunes and Podbean. Let's get it. What's up, guys? Noah here with the Sports Desk Podcast. We're going to dive right into our Week 13 recap for the NFL. Bennett, what do you think about that Saints-Cowboys game? Uh, it was a really interesting game overall. Uh, not a game the Saints are used to playing in. They're usually used to drubbing their opponent, putting a lot of points on the board. So uh, just overall, they were really out of their element, I think, and it showed by the fact that Drew Brees had his lowest yardage game of the season. Uh, Cowboys were just... They were in his grill most of the game. He was sacked quite a few times, just not as not himself out there. He left a lot of throws out there. He was only sacked two times, but he 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 was pressured so much. Yeah, I think I think that's generally like what I'm conflating it with because I feel I feel like he should have been sacked more. Yeah, and and I I mean some sacks get brought back for like penalties and stuff. We never know, but right. He was under pressure. He was under hellfire. Yeah, more or less. I mean, like I said, he left a lot of throws out there. That Jordan Lewis interception was super costly. Jordan Lewis almost picked him off on a similar play, but uh, Breeze left it just short. He threw it like behind Camara or left left it short, whatever. But yeah, the Saints were totally out of their element. I think. Uh, a game like that is great for Dallas. Obviously, they need to take that and run with it. It's a great notch to have on your belt as things are going to heat up here down the stretch, and the men are kind of going to separate themselves from the boys, to use a cliche. Well, the Cowboys are going to separate themselves from the rest of the NFC East if they keep mm, playing like that. But debatable. I'm sure you'll have your contentions with that as the Eagles picked <laughs> oh. up a big win on Monday night. Um, to that point, what do you think about the Eagles game and how does a win like that bode well for, well, how does it bode for them in general going down the stretch kind of towards the finish line, especially this week with you guys playing Dallas? How does that, how does that weigh in for you? I mean, uh, one big plus that I brought away from the game was that they finally get wide receiver Golden Tate involved after that trade. He never really got involved in the offense. Right. Our offensive coordinator came out and said, it's kind of hard to get him involved and it's like, dude, he's one of the best slot receivers you in the NFL. You can do a lot with him. Yeah, How can you vertically. not get this guy involved? It was so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, he catches seven receptions for 85 yards, gets one touchdown, almost had two. He got uh, stopped right like at the five-yard line, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, we were playing Colt McCoy and Mark Sanchez against the Redskins. Um, Adrian Peterson broke out that 90-yard run. I mean, that's secondary – couldn't keep up with him, and he's like 33 years old, which yeah. is ridiculous. That was um, fun to watch, though. So our secondary is still injured and depleted. Um, Wentz made some really good throws, I think, besides that interception, which was just a terrible throw. He went 27 for 39, 306 yards, two touchdowns. 
our D-line had three sacks, nine tackles for loss. Wow. Uh, so, like, Timmy Jernigan being back, definitely bringing some life to our defense. Um, Michael Bennett getting healthy. He was, like, hurt last week. I, I he guess. always has weird injuries. Yeah, he, I've noticed that about he, him. He made a – I think it was – I think it was a sack. It might have been, like, a tackle for a loss. But he, he just screamed. And it was like the mic caught it from the camera. And he was uh, like, ah! I, I love those. That that Quentin Nelson block comes to oh, mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that was fun. Um, but, yeah, I, it keeps a, this one keeps us in the playoff race. And I think, I mean, we play the Texans and the um, the Rams coming up, which oh, are man. two very tough games. Yeah, you but, can't look past the Dallas matchup this week. That's Well, yeah, of course. That If huge. we lose that, we're automatically out, I think, mathematically because – We've lost both games to the first seed in our division. But mm-hmm. uh, I think if we can beat the Cowboys and kind of get hot, maybe we catch the Rams like in cruise control. We'll get to that game where they played the Ram- uh, Lions. But I think uh, maybe we can catch con- some of these like contending teams that have already kind of made a spot for themselves in the playoffs off guard. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. But back – Back real quick to that Dallas game. I was I was thinking like with the Saints likely going to be the second seed, do did did the Cowboys provide a blueprint to beat Drew Brees? Yeah, definitely. I think uh not a lot of teams have been able to get pressure on him like we talked about. Um and because of that offensive so highly regarded as like one of the best offensive lines in football, I think if you can get a good defensive line in his face and create that havoc, it kind of frustrates Sean Payton's uh, game plan for the rest of the game. Yeah, Dallas. And the Eagles have that. The Eagles have a great defensive line. Yeah, like, I if think anything, our defensive line is definitely like Jim our Schwartz line. just needs to have the confidence to. Jim Schwartz just needs to have have the confidence to blitz. You, you bring up a, a good point, like in you know in comparison. Uh, two NFC East teams, like what What could the Eagles do down the stretch to get pressure on the quarterback? That's a winning recipe for Dallas and the Eagles and Dallas being in the same division, obviously. Um, I, I think that, you know, the, the team that comes out of that division is, A, going to need to get to the quarterback, obviously, and they will they will be more or less hardened by the fire that is the NFC East. We've seen it in years past. The Giants came out nine, at 9-7 nine and seven and won a Super Bowl, but um, just just touching on Dallas again briefly. I mean, they were they they were rushing up the middle a lot. From what I saw, they're just taking away his throwing lanes. Drew Brees is like six foot ish on a good day, and they were what, what they did was they were they were in his face, just kind of taking away his throwing lanes, moving the pocket, kind of kind of just taking away throws that he's comfortable with making. Now, uh, a big a big illusion or a big misillusion about Drew Brees is. That he he's you know he's got this huge arm he can spray it all over the field, not to take anything away from him, but he gets a lot of a lot of rack from you know Camara, Mike Thomas, all those guys. So yeah. I think it's a big I think it's a big misconception that Drew Brees can really sling it all over the yard. I mean he can from time to time. People but forget that before Camara kind of blossomed to be the guy he is. Right, Brees's career was kind of on the downhill or downhill slope. Like yeah, I people think were like, was, "Oh, he'll he'll retire in a it few." It was kind of hitting a stymie. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. He he gets a lot of he gets a big boost from run after catch from these receivers, short passes, screens, uh, 
That's not to it. take away from Breeze. Not at Breeze all. He's very great. precise. He makes few One mistakes. One the best of all time. The Cowboys really got him out of his bag, though. They moved the pocket. They took away his throwing lanes. They only and had 176 total offense yards. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Kamara or Ingram couldn't really get it going for New Orleans. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, Dallas does provide a, blue, a blueprint to beat Drew Breeze. That's not to say that two games against the Panthers, I think they put the Bucks as well. Uh, that's not to say that any of those teams are gonna are, are gonna capitalize on that or really be able to implement it. So I think the Saints coast to a cozy number two. Um, Dallas, Dallas, and Philly. What are you thinking about that? Just real quick. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm going with Philly, but uh, yeah, got to. I have to. Point of pride. But if they lose next week, there's really no way. I don't think there's any roadmap that no, they can I win don't, if I don't they think so lose either. next week. Um, but I, I just like the way this team played last night, and I'm really looking forward to seeing if they can continue to play like hot like that. Um, I really liked the offensive and defensive play calling. Uh, Jim Schwartz kind of noticed, hey, I have a bunch of undrafted and – free agents playing in my secondary why don't i run zone instead of man-to-man which i mean he did all last season and done most of this season but last few games he's been running man-to-man like against the giants he ran man-to-man a few times and odell burned him yeah i mean that that's gonna happen though one of the best receivers in the league is it's gonna make you look silly but uh, of course but you run a zone against guys a teams with good wide receivers. Yeah, when he did run Unless zone, you, though, you saw you saw Malcolm Jenkins got that pick before the half. That proved to be kind of that proved to kind of be the point of that game. That took three points away from from us. You know, Aldrick Rose has been automatic. No doubt he hits that field goal, but stupid throw by Eli. We'll uh, we'll get to this Giants game here in a minute. I want to talk about that Chargers Steelers game though. That was nuts, dude. Right. I think the the Steelers really. They continue to beat themselves, kind of be their own worst enemy. Roethlisberger, uh, he does not he does not do well in big games as of late. I mean, killer interception here. They were driving. They were I, I want to say they were on the doorstep of the red zone really, and he throws that interception just a duck. Derwin James snags that, uh, makes quick work of that. But overall, the Chargers, even without Melvin Gordon, have looked really good. Um, that's not to say that they won't need him down the stretch because he was huge in them getting to this point. Um, been a been a very viable option for them this season. Obviously, he's one of the best running backs in the league. But if they want to win in in December and you know January, they're gonna need they're gonna need what's been the backbone of their offense essentially. Huge coming out party for Keenan Allen. He's been he's been great this season. A lot of people tend to forget about him because of his injury history. But when he's on the field, he's awesome. 14 receptions, 148 and a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Des King, huge, huge punt return. That was a he's that was a beast. A, that was a dagger for the Steelers. He can hurt you in a lot of ways. If he gets the ball in his hands on an interception or a punt, I mean, that, that's what he can do to I coming out of Iowa in the draft. I wanted the oh, everybody to was so bad. Yeah, everybody was really high on Des King, to be honest with you. And he's kind of forgotten in the context of that Chargers defense because they that, got a lot of secondary They're players. just They're just so solid across the board. And, I mean, Jason Jason Verrett got hurt before the season. He was playing great ball down the stretch last year. Hayward's usually pretty decent. 
So, I mean, they, they had Derwin James now, too. I mean, they have a recipe to be successful there in San Diego for a lot of years. But to, uh, to keep it in context here, I think when when uh, Keenan Allen and Phil Rivers are on the same page, this team's really dangerous, to say the least. Um, for Pittsburgh, they're, in, uh, they're really in trouble right now. I think yeah. they have. Uh, I think they have some pretty tough games left. I think. So do we want to do it right now? What's that? Uh, the Ravens are winning the AFC North. Uh yeah. I mean, it's getting cold out. You gotta, you gotta come out with them hot takes. Hot takes. Gotta, hot takes gotta, right there. Gotta stay warm at this time of year. I, I, I don't disagree. James with Connor you. is out for this coming week. He could be week to week. Um, what? He's got a leg injury. I think it is. Yeah, I thought he was questionable. I didn't know he was out. He I gotta read a book. Out. Um, wow. So that's definitely a big part of the Steelers' offense. Obviously. Yeah, I mean have. they have the Raiders next week, so I don't think it's gonna play into it too much. But, but after if they that, lose there and the Ravens win, I mean the Raiders are. I mean they, they played ball last week. I mean they, they were a around. touchdown. Uh, they were a touchdown behind the Chiefs. I mean the Chiefs' defense is just straight trash they're like 30 bottom three in the league in like the two major categories and probably total defense too if, if you want to just put uh, two and two together there but yeah after after oakland you don't want to overlook that game a but b uh b1 and b2 so you got patriots that's more than likely a loss patriots been playing yeah very well they look great patriots against have their number the other two. day Patriot, the Patriots' defense seems to get better as the season goes on. We'll I mean, get into that. Have you noticed that? Yeah, we we're going to be talking about that. that Vikings game here shortly. Uh, Mr. Mr. Belichick, old boss hog, and uh, Thielen, uh, White Lightning, <laughs> were uh, having a war of words there on the sidelines. That was interesting, to say the least. But uh, we're not TMZ. We'll get into the broader context of that game here shortly. But, yeah, Saints and Patriots, are <laughs> those are going to be tell-all games for Pittsburgh, and it's going to be – it's going to be two tell-all games for their season, really. They wrap it up with the Bengals, but we're not even going to look that far into it. They really have to, they really have to turn it on if they want to, if they want to thrive in this AFC playoff picture. Yeah, completely agree. I think you and I both had the separate thought that the Ravens could definitely sneak and win it. I think everybody in the back of their mind is kind of thinking that, but um, just they, because they just don't want to say yeah, it. They no don't want to say it yet. And because we will do it. Yeah, I mean, somebody, we're surrounded by somebody's got to wear the black hat. That too, but someone's got to wear the black hat. I mean, they do play Kansas City next week, but that is an that's yeah. going to be a more interesting game than a lot of people are willing to admit. Now that Kareem Hunt is out of the fold in Kansas City for obvious reasons, uh, I, that that's a huge loss for them from a football standpoint. We're not going to get into the you know the substantive uh, discussion about it, but from a football standpoint, just leaving it there, that's a huge loss for that team. I mean, they bring back Trakendrick West. He was serviceable for his time in Kansas City with Spencer Ware and some other guys there in the fold, but. Yeah, Kareem Hunt or Trakendrick West is not Kareem Hunt, so that's a huge loss for them down the stretch. It makes them a lot more vulnerable as the uh, as the playoff picture takes shape and we get into that time of the year. But let, let's talk about that Vikings Bats game. Bro. Oh yes, that was that was serious. So the Vikings lose to the Patriots, uh, ten to twenty four. Um, you know, Cousins has two interceptions. They kind of win and die by his play i think we've talked about it on the last podcast yeah his turnovers his, always typify his, their effort his arm players. basically is 
the reason the Vikings either lose or win. Yeah, right? absolutely. If they have all the weapons. A fun, it's a fumbling problem, big time. Yeah. If you look at the box, dude, oh, we, always fumbles, lost, recovered, whatever. Yeah, big big fumble guy. Yeah. Big fumble guy. Um, so they are 0-5, 0-5-1 when he has 41-plus attempts. Uh, yeah, run the ball. Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray, that's that's a better one two punch than most teams can and say. And then they are six and zero when he has less than forty. <laughs> Gosh, that's such a that's such a polarizing stat. Like I don't know if Mike Zimmer's is Mike Zimmer's a numbers guy. I mean he looks more like a mechanic on Sundays when he has those like, you know, goggles on. Great coach, just just a just a like a wonky looking guy. He's like a yeah. like a professor, man. I mean he wasn't very wasn't too scholarly on the sidelines on Sunday. I think the Vikings left a lot out there more than some are willing to admit. But uh, the Vikings, they have a tough, they have a tough finish here. I don't know uh, how that's going to bode for them. Huge tell-all game against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football next week. The Seahawks really thrive in these kind of games. They had that game we spoke heavily about pan- with the Panthers the other week. Um, There's Fun, much fun to watch, much fun to talk about. Uh, it really shows the kind of team that Seattle can be. They could really spoil one of these division winners' um, playoff hopes, more or less. I think Seattle's a little more ready for this game with, with that commentary in mind. But that's not to say that Kirk Cousins can't go out there and ball yeah. out. I mean, I, I I like that, you know. I mean, under 41 attempts right write that down save the date do whatever you got to do there in minnesota but that's a they have all the weapons i mean they have the like the best wide receiver duo in football i think we can agree nah juju juju and ab but i mean Thielen, Thielen is good that we we could we we could dive into that discussion i don't know but like Thielen is a top 10 receiver right now you could you can imply it top 20 you could easily, you could easily imply it, and I think the biggest difference between those two is just targets. I, I think Diggs is a little better after the catch, a little better athlete, yada yada yada. But you, we we could get into the broader discussion. Yeah, yeah. Of they, that's not through. what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that, that's a that's a bar topic. Um, we'll get into that. Eventually. The Patriots really did a good job containing Thielen. Uh, he had ten targets, but only five receptions, twenty eight yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's definitely the recipe to beat them. You take away Thielen. Right. I mean, you have to force Diggs to step up. I think he only had like seventy yards, maybe, which I mean is a lot. It's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's not. But compared not too, to the numbers Thielen normally put a, puts up or Diggs put up before Thielen, you know, really had this breakout season. Um, it, that's the recipe you have to do. And like you said, the defense for the Patriots is really stepping up. Uh, I think they're like answering all the questions we had before the season or right. during the first few games. Yeah, when they, they were a one and two at one point. And we yeah. were, everybody was everybody like, oh was like Tom Brady's done. Uh, he's not eating, uh, eating enough avocados. Uh, but he's stepping up. And mm-hmm. Belichick, I mean, we saw the Thielen argument. That was pretty entertaining. That was I'm pretty sure. Uh, if you can read it at a fourth grade level, you know what uh, you know what was said there. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, the New England Patriots are definitely locked up for a playoff spot. They're definitely yeah, the number AFC two. Yeah, the AFC East is just horrible. I mean, yeah. a lot of good young younger teams in there with the Dolphins and Bills. The, I mean, Jets going to jet more or less, and we'll reluctantly touch on that yawn of a game. Uh, there's more to be said about the Titans in that game, but 
sticking with this uh, Patriots Vikings game, if um, be, you know, being that being that Cook and Murray were limited in touches and Kirk had to go over forty one or whatever the number was, I I mean, like you said, that shows their hand. They're o five and one when he's over. He had forty four. Oh man, yeah, they're they're o five and one when he's throwing the ball a lot. So I think they the only recipe, they only ran the ball thirteen times. Yeah, I peeped that. I think the recipe for the Vikings obviously is you know run the football, have sustained drives. You know, don't don't put it in Kirk Cousins' hands more than you have to. And and that's not to take away from him. We're not out here trying to slander good quarterbacks like we mentioned with Breeze at the top. Just don't make him. Just don't make him do more. Then he has to don't show your your own hand. You know you have to, you have to play balanced, complete team football. Have long, sustained drives, especially especially with the playoffs coming up. That's what's going to win you games. And that that defense needs to do needs to do a wee tad bit better. I mean, if the Patriots very formidable opponent, but um yeah, just don't don't show your hand. Don't make Kirk do more than he has to. I guess the Vikings. Patriots. Fun fact, real quick: Vikings did not record a sack on Sunday. Hmm. That that does not bode well for them. A defense of that quality, if they want to win in, in uh, December and January, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to get to the quarterback. So that probably contributed to the loss a little bit. One as well. last thought, I guess, before the game, uh, Mike Zimmer and John D. Filippo sat down and uh, realized that the Patriots are the twenty second ranked defense. Why would you run the ball thirteen times? I just. I, Whatever, whatever. We Moving were, on. We were just praising the Patriots' defense. That is awkward. Yeah, uh, I'm. We're, we're gonna keep it to the point. <laughs> I, I they played well that. in this. They played well in this game. They yeah. played well in the context of this they game. Contained. They can be good. They often they often hit their peak at this time of the season. But with uh with, with that in mind, that solely lands on the play calling. The uh the the thirteen the thirteen runs. No the yeah yeah. The yeah, Vikings that's, that's ass. There. You can't run the ball 13 times. It reminds me of Doug Peterson, his first season at the Eagles. Oh, God. Um, moving on, what the Bears uh, lose to the Giants 30-27. to Oh, that, think? that's exciting. That's about as exciting as a as a bowl of cereal. This was a fluke. Yeah, instead of milk, the, uh, the milk is actually mayonnaise, <laughs> and you're eating bran flakes with no sugar. It just, just imagine the most ass bowl of cereal where... Better the than milk. pineapple on pizza. Yeah, you, <laughs> go to bed. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too excited about it. It was a fun game to watch. Do not get me wrong. If you're a fan of anything from Quidditch to backgammon, just, uh, just as someone who likes sports and follows sports, uh, it was a fun game to watch. Just from a surely competitive standpoint, it absolutely came down to the wire. Justin Herbert didn't have fun watching it. Justin Herbert is has been on hold for about four weeks now. We'll get to him later. He's probably not going to declare, sadly. Wah. Everyone in the tri-state area sheds a tear. But uh, in the remaining remaining in the lane of the regular season for now, uh, it was it was a good team win. It really was. I mean, we're not going to be we're not going to have Collins next week, according to a lot of reports. Uh, he got hurt, so you almost want to say you lost more than you won. But like I like I was saying to you off the air, we were we were spiritually defeated last week in that yeah. loss at the link. Now, if if we had won and we were in contention and won this game, I would be I would be on a seventy two hour bender right now, spaced out of my mind. Just you know, 
not off drugs or anything, just off the sheer excitement that was that game on Sunday. But we're not good team. Good team win though. I will. I will take it with a grain of salt. It was a great team win. Uh, Odell Beckham threw a touchdown pass. That was awesome. He threw it with the, literally the wrong foot forward. I mean, he, he put your best foot forward. You know, yeah, Any, anything. That was a bullet. Anything good can happen. Yeah, for for a six eight quarterback, that was a bullet. But I mean, hey, he got he got it there. We'll take it. He has more forty yard touchdowns than Eli Manning. This year, uh, he gives um, me headaches, even so as we're not contenders. But I want to bring up what uh, we talked about pre-recording, about Which how is? the Bears can't really keep up in a shootout where their defense doesn't yeah, give them points. Yeah, that's a huge point. I mean, that was that was kind of my next point as I was rambling incoherently, like like Uncle Vinny. But um, <laughs> yeah, Chicago, Chicago, when their defense. Uh, doesn't perform well or for that matter score points doesn't tend to do too well I mean there's been some isolated games this year where their offense and all those weapons and you know Mad Nagy's uh, etch-a-sketch creativity have gotten them over the hump but and, and in some cases just straight drub the other team I mean yeah you think about that Bucks game they, I mean, when they you played very it, well but overall in general, that when that defense plays well, that that is what tells that's the, who the Bears are. And that's, that's not a end all be all for them. Yeah, that's not a good thing when you're going to have to play the Rams or the Saints in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's what scares me. I or think even the Vikings. They like, have to play the Rams next week. Yeah, that, that's going to so tell a lot. We're going to see it. Yeah, if if they can cause turnovers against the Rams, which I mean, against the Rams or against the Chiefs, or even I mean. There's three teams that are four teams, Patriots, uh, Saints, that have great coaches that really limit mistakes by their quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jared Goff, he's a system quarterback. <laughs> but, like, he doesn't throw many interceptions. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Mahomes, they don't throw interceptions. I mean, if they do, it's their mistake, not their play-calling mistake. Right. Russell Wilson doesn't throw interceptions either, and we'll get to that game in a little bit. Seattle is peaking at the right time. They are hot. Like we just mentioned, they're going into that Minnesota game. That's going to be a huge game. But, yeah, those four teams you mentioned, Rams, Saints, Chiefs, and Pats, they don't make mistakes. And no. if the Bears if the Bears can't, uh, you know, use, use that stack defense to their advantage and create, uh, you know, a few turnovers or – just have have the Rams or one of these one of these top teams generally uncomfortable. I don't think they're going to go very far because at that point when the defense isn't performing to its potential, the game falls into the hands of a Mitch Trubisky and yeah, or Chase Daniel. Well, Trubisky's going to be back. I think all signs are pointing to it being a really short term injury. I think they just wanted to keep him out mm-hmm. against the Giants. It's a really good time for to prevent a Trubisky to get hurt. I mean, they played the Lions last week. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't Giants. miss too much. I mean, yeah. Giants. That that loss. This loss this week was really a slap in the face. And every pun intended. I hope. You think this game would be much different if Trubisky played? I mean, he could have ran and created a little more with his legs, and that's like what I was worried about looking ahead to this game. But that the loss overall was just a slap in the face. And every pun intended when I say I hope. I hope it wakes the bear up in this defense that is the Bears defense. Goff had a pretty off game against a really crappy Lions team. Todd Gurley does what Todd Gurley does, and he yeah. saved the day again. Another one of those little, you know, weaving runs in front of the end zone. Um, that was comical. Love Todd Gurley. We're a big fan of Todd Gurley here on the Sports Desk Podcast. Local guy, just a great My ball mom player. Yeah, his mother took care of him. Uh, class act overall, but 
yeah, Goff didn't look great. He left some throws out there. Uh, just didn't didn't look his usual self uh, in general, really. But hey, as the season heats up, you're gonna or as the stove heats up for the playoffs, you're gonna find out who who Jared Goff is. And got a lot of got a lot of good games coming up. No better no better week to really you know show out and and hush all the naysayers that you're a system quarterback. He's a system quarterback. I mean, there's we really got to get a soundbite of somebody saying that because I feel like it's just tabloid stuff, which is just generally BS at its face. But um, there's no metric to say whether he, he threw one of the most beautiful throws I've ever seen. Oh, uh, that that game, that game was awesome. I still have dreams about yeah. that game, and I'm a fan of neither team that Thursday night Vikings Rams game. But there's no metric to suggest whether you know whether or not he is or isn't a system quarterback like that. That line, that jab is totally subjective, and I I hate it because there's no substance behind it. It's like, oh, he's a system quarterback. He only does good in that system. It's like, yeah, he got drafted there. It's it's his offense. He has he has the keys. But uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that Rams Bears game here in the coming days. Definitely gonna be uh, another interesting game coming up in Week 14. Let's get over to that. Uh, Ravens Falcons. Ravens Falcons. Yeah, let's talk Ravens Falcons. Right. Let's talk some. Let's talk some birds. Um. So our boy Gus Edwards, the plumber, and uh, the Baltimore Ravens beat the Atlanta Falcons twenty six to sixteen. The ma. That's all I got to say about yeah. that. Love so Lamar, our boy Lamar Jackson goes twelve for twenty one, hundred and twenty five yards, no touchdowns, but he uh rushes for a touchdown after uh, seventeen attempts, seventy five yards. I mean, when your quarterback's averaging four point four yards a carry, you're uh, you might win a football game or two. Um, I love what the Ravens are doing with this offense. I mean, somehow John Harbaugh is going to get fired this season, apparently. But stay tuned for that. Yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting. fun. Will I don't he get on the that... coaching carousel? Will he get on the coaching carousel? Is he tall enough to ride? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think the Ravens are going to let that happen. I I just think like if you look at what he's done with Lamar, I don't think it was his fault that their team was doing so poorly. Like it, with Flacco. Yeah, I I mean, uh, Flacco's elite and everything, but <laughs> according to the locals. But um. I just love what the play calling and the play design for Lamar. It's a college offense, literally. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, spreading the field out, um, just letting him letting him be who he is, not trying to change his game or morph him into your prototypical NFL quarterback. Whatever. I, they're, they're really just they're really just you know open about who they are. They're not trying to make him go super vertical and take all these unnecessary shots. Gus Edwards has been huge. He's been a very necessary cog in the machine the last month or so. Eighty-two yards, twenty-one carries. I mean, that looks that looks like a bunch of a bunch of rubbish on the stat sheet. That looks very minute. But I mean, if you watch the game, he had some big third downs. He guy runs hard, man. I mean, like like we've said in the past, you look at him and he's, he's a great. He's running. a running back. His shoulders are always up the field. He takes first contact well. He's got His a pants little, are sagging. <laughs> He's got a little burst to he's him. He's got his tool belt. He he's got his heart out on. He's a tough guy, man. I'll tell you what. He's a really good running back for having to work all week. Uh, honestly, honestly. I mean, he, he I doesn't he, even show up to practice. He shows up. He to only the games works. He only van. works Sundays. He only works Sundays. I mean, Ravens. Ravens on third down are a tough offense to get off the field as well. 
Uh, 7 of 15 on third down. I mean, it doesn't sound great, but they had some very timely third down conversions. Uh, and also to that point about conversions, they were 2 of 2 on fourth down. I mean, we know John Harbaugh's got some balls, some hard balls, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm corny. I'm Dwight Schrute. Uh, yeah, really, really, uh, really goes a long way. Those conversions and you know prolonging possessions. Lamar's dangerous in short and short yardage territory when you need a conversion. Guy's obviously a great athlete. I uh, think I think the thing that was reported about Harbaugh leaving was that they were just going to part ways, which they I, wouldn't do that in the middle of this of a season. No, at the end at the end of the season, yeah. they they said they were going to okay. part ways. Yeah, I was gonna say they only I don't understand. I mean, maybe Harbaugh, you think he's like not, not going to be. Yeah, the best I think coach that ship Lamar, is. I think that ship is sailed. I mean, teams only part. NFL execs only part ways with coaches like Mike McCarthy, who totally inhibit your team and put a chokehold on the best quarterback of a generation. But I don't think they would have done that to Harbaugh anyway. And like you said, it would have been the end of the season. But Overall, that ship has sailed. Um, Matt Ryan, we've heard, is on suicide watch. I would be sick of playing for such a milquetoast team as well. Yeah, fa- at Falcons, uh, draft, draft, draft. <laughs> Good luck. Ravens are cruising into Kansas City next week, like we said uh, a little while ago. That's going to be a very interesting game, more more interesting game than a lot of people are willing to, to lend credit to. Chiefs just lost Kareem Hunt for obvious reasons. You can go read... Uh, TMZ. Yeah, TMZ, Twitter feed. Uh, it's 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 been uh, well documented what had happened. All the stuff that's come to fruition in the last week. Hunt lied to the Chiefs. Um, aside from the awful incident itself, I think that was really the nail in the coffin that they lied to him. Because you've seen guys who have cases like that. Here, here I go saying I'm not going to get into the substance of it. But you've seen guys that have cases of it that are on NFL rosters. And, and in the past have maintained, Greg Hardy, have maintained a spot on the NFL Isn't roster. Isn't Greg Hardy a UFC well, fighter now? I don't care what Greg Hardy does, but uh, <laughs> he's out sure of the he's a UFC He was fighter. hanging on for dear life, though. I was like, what the hell, dude? Greg yeah, Hardy, I mean, like, he beat his chick. We're, we're not going to get into that Ruben on Foster. the show. Yeah, Ruben Foster. Uh, I'm, I say we're not going to get into it, and yeah. then we get into it. But you could not mention it. was kind of the elephant in the room, but... Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a football, job. Foot, yeah. All right. We're so, woke. But footballically, let me just make this point, then we can move on. We're kind of hanging on to this. But footballically, if that's even a word, the Ravens stand a way better chance than a lot of people think. That's going to be a great game Sunday. Noah, moving on. So let's. we were talking about coaches getting fired. Let's go into the Cardinals-Packers game. Oh. Cardinals beat the Green Bay Packers, quartered by one of the, you know what, fuck it. The best quarterback to ever play football. There you go. That, that That's for you. Shout out to Christian. Aaron Rodgers. I love that sentiment. Aaron Rodgers. He uh, he basically fired the coach himself. He did it. I heard he went into Mike McCarthy's Dude, office. they had big beef all, all season. So, it was just, we, we love our beef slow cooked. So we really do. I want to bring this up. Um, Greg Jennings, a uh, longtime Green Bay wide receiver, played with both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, uh, said that Mike McCarthy, during his time, I think he was in OC at the time. Um, Ocean with, City? Yeah, Ocean City. He was in oh, Ocean love City. H2O. He was an spot. offensive coordinator. Um, he uh, used to call in plays to Brett Favre, and Brett Favre would be like, all right, no, we're not doing that. Brett Favre did that to Holmgren, dude. 
Yeah, Holmgren was a Bill Walsh disciple, and uh, let me tell you, Billy Walsh, he don't, he don't take no mess. Billy Billy Walsh, he cut guys in their prime. That's another story. We'll talk about Bill Walsh sometime on the pod. Dude's a legend. Just watch his football life All right, the but other night. But it was said that Brett Favre would change the plays at the line of scrimmage. Like, the, you would hear the, the wide receivers <laughs> and the linemen would hear the play come in through Brett Favre's helmet. Mm-hmm. And he would be like, "Yeah, we're not doing that." Yeah, and then like a, call a different play. He's a dog. Aaron Rodgers and Greg Jennings was like, "Yeah, like so." Once Mike McCarthy became head coach and got Aaron Rodgers as his new quarterback, he was kind of like, "Yeah, I'm not having that. I'm calling the plays." Aaron Rodgers, you're not calling the plays. Aaron Rodgers, it came out that he regularly changed plays at the line of scrimmage, which is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, hilarious that McCarthy wanted to stop that. Mm-hmm. And like keep it from happening, and I mean you can't keep that. Yeah, I wouldn't take uh, I wouldn't take Mike McCarthy seriously either. He looks like what is that movie? Um, it's an animated movie. Um, he looks like Wreck It Ralph. Yes, yo, Wreck It <laughs> Ralph. I wouldn't take him seriously either. I mean, uh, he looks like John Candy. <laughs> R.I.P. John Candy. Love love some John Candy, but uh, he. He, oh man, Rogers, new dog, same tricks, man. I mean, you you learn from a guy like Brett Favre. Uh, I mean, is that is that surprising to anybody, really? And especially, it was very, very prevalent this season. You could tell Rogers and uh, McCarthy were kind of at a tipping point. And when you lose to the Arizona Cardinals at home, yeah, you you gotta go. Like yeah. we were saying. I think it's really just boiled over at this point. And we're not even going to talk about this game. We're just talking about what. Yeah, there's a. I actually have it in my notes. There, there's more to talk about, like on, on a broader level, be it injuries, Mike McCarthy getting fired, than the actual game. It was yeah. a relatively uneventful game. All so, you need to know is uh, Mason Crosby missed another kick. It was in the snow. A team from the desert came to the tundra and won. Uh, Josh Rosen is still a project. Christian Kirk. Top receiver for the Cardinals, broke his foot. He's out for the season. Edmonds had two touchdowns for the Cardinals. So Don't know uh, who that is. I but found this uh, a lot more to talk about. This article game. written by Fansighted. Uh, it's written by Paul Brettel. Can uh, you cite that in MLA, please? <laughs> so he wrote an article about uh, potential coaching hires for the Packers. Obviously, uh, <clears throat> obviously, <clears throat> take the- Josh Daniels. The offensive coordinator for the Patriots is the one name being circulated a lot. But he had some interesting names on there. I mean, obviously, Lincoln Riley, Mm -hmm. John DiFilippo. But um, he said if you hired Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, one of the two, and you just let Aaron Rodgers fill the void of an offensive coordinator and call the plays himself, just let... Right. Let your head coach focus on defense. And I mean, let Rodgers just call the plays offensively. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, with with that in mind, though, you have to take into consideration Jim Harbaugh is a lot more. He's a lot more of an offensive mind than yeah. a defensive mind. Yeah. So you would kind of just, you'd kind of just be two owing the defense and being like, yeah, hey, we'll we'll be over here. You guys just uh. Yeah, just do what you did this year or last year. Yeah, we'll we'll be over here. Aaron and I, my buddy Aaron. So you don't want to divide the team like that. I think Josh... I uh, wish they would have gotten Cliff Kingsbury from Texas Tech. I don't think he's ready he, for an NFL coaching job. No, just an offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And with McDaniels, like people were already talking about they would be on his staff. I haven't heard names specifically, but it's just kind of whispers right now. Just, you know, 
one of those one of those things you don't you don't really hear the specifics but it's like yeah. oh yeah x y and z said they would be on a staff and then the season's not even over yet so i think he's really the name in everybody's mouth right now and i would not be surprised in the least bit to uh to see him go to green bay i don't know what kind of relationship he has with rogers if any but i don't think anyone who has the burgeoning potential to be a head coach or in mcdaniel's case go back to being a head coach would pass up the opportunity to work with the best quarterback of our generation in any capacity. So moving on from that, we're going to be talking about, uh, let's see what we got Browns, here. Texans? Oh, Browns, Texas. Te- Texans are on fire. I saw a hot take that they're going to win out and go 13-3. and three. That remains to be seen, but I, they I'm, do, I'm pretty sure they have I'm not, an easy schedule. I'm not sleeping on it. I mean, yeah, if that, if uh, easy schedule prevailing, I think the Texans, the way they've been playing and – just all the right elements Ooh. come together at once. They play the Colts, Jets, Eagles, Jags. So it's bad. it's very it's very iffy. Yeah, very iffy. iffy. You just saw what the Jags did to the Colts on Sunday. Offense, it was scoring thirty four point six. That game, game didn't happen. That game is a that myth. Game that is that happen. was insane. Didn't happen. Colts were just on fire. Nope, not talking about it. Didn't happen. Not yeah. We love the Colts here. Our hearts are broken. All right. You got any thoughts from the Browns Texans game? I didn't. I didn't watch too much of it to be honest with you. I Me don't neither. think. I don't think Chubb did. I don't, did he really do a ton? Uh, no, not really. I mean, Baker. I came out. He had a touchdown, one, but one I, of the tweets that were trending is Baker was not feeling dangerous today. I think Bleacher Report tweeted it. Yeah, Bleacher Report is known. He had three interceptions. I give you that. He known hate, but he almost had four hundred yards passing, and the offense. Only had 428, so they had 397 passing and only 31 rushing. Uh yeah. So the Texans blitzed, which is really interesting. They blitzed on four of Baker's dropbacks, which is the lowest rate by them all season. Oh, I mean, when you have a front four like the Texans, you can just pin your ears back and go at them. I don't think you need to do too much, like yeah. schematically, beyond the first level and. The Browns secondary. haven't allowed a sack in three games. That kind of that what I just said about the Texans not blitzing kind of plays to that. Uh, I oh, mean, wow. they've won nine. They didn't even get a sack, and they won that game. Yeah, I, so, that's a credit to their secondary. Shout out to uh, Andre Howe. Justin Reed's been playing really well for them. The Honey Badger as well. Cun- Cunningham made a nice play. Zach Cunningham. I mean, that mm-hmm. just shows the kind of athlete he can be, and the you know like the quick sideline to sideline guy he can be. Jonathan Joseph's been good for a lot of years. I think this, if if this is gonna be, if if any year is gonna be the year, this has to be it. He has to be a force in that secondary. I think they've been playing. Like I said, I think they've been playing really well. No sacks, and they're still out here, uh, ma- making plays. Uh, like I was gonna say about Cunningham, he was knocked as he came into the NFL for not really being a cover guy, and to see him get a pick six and just, you know, really, uh, I don't, I don't want to say shut the door, but really you know kind of typify that that secondary's effort on sunday and seal up a win for them it's just it just goes to show how deep that defense is and what they can be for this team going forward all right so i want to do something yes. since uh we've been talking about the recap for 43 minutes i want to do a speed round run it you want to do it I'm with so you. let's go go through the next the, all the games we got left to talk about mm-hmm. just give one word to describe the game or like three words okay 
Like a phrase. Yeah, just like what what comes to mind. Sure. Okay. Colts, Jags. Whew. Um, um, Did not happen. Um, not not at the Jags defense, but at the Colts. Um, if I if I come up with one word, uh, excruciating. Okay. Uh, Frank Reich left points out there again. He's like, well, the the numbers point to that. Are you a calculus teacher or a coach, my guy? You got to trust your gut. You got to go out there. You got to understand that field goals are going to win you that game. Like you're not if you're not if you haven't scored when your quarterback has thrown for thirty three completions and like. What was it, like 300 yards? That That's yeah. ridiculous. 200, 248, 33 completions. His touchdown that's streak rid- ended too. Yeah, that's insane. He had like three touchdowns over the previous seven games or three or more touchdowns over the previous seven. Yeah. Like That's ridiculous. If you have, if your quarterback or anyone on your offense for that matter hasn't gotten to the ball, gotten the ball into the end zone, uh, especially luck with, like I said, the 33 completions, 248 yards, uh, you're going to have to come to the consensus that a field goal is going to win you the game, no? We're kind of breaking the rules of the speed round. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, the Panthers, Bucks. The Bucks beat the Panthers. One word. One, one phrase. Um, Isaac Newton. I got it. Ready? There you go. Yeah, Cam Newton played. Panthers like are done. Dumpster fire. We, Ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Saints two more times. Christian but. McCaffrey's good. Cam Newton's good. I don't know why they're you, bad. You could slap a good like, – you could slap like an ish on there. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. very solid-ish. <laughs> uh, Broncos, Bengals. Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> Philip Lindsay played well, though. If not for a guy named Saquon Barkley, he would be the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, yeah, big snooze, snooze. Yeah. Do All not right. disturb. Rams, Lions. Um, weird. What? Yeah, really weird. Weird really is weird. Weird, weird is a good score. Term. Was thirty sixteen? I think the game was a lot closer than that. Yeah, golf was golf was off. But um, the lines are weird. Matt Patricia, yeah. posture, oatmeal. <laughs> oatmeal. Chris, Chris Sims. Chris Sims used the phrase "golf" like golf to describe Jared Goff, saying like golf was off. I. I I, I totally endorse that 100%. He All was right. not himself. 49ers, Seahawks. Defense. Uh, um, I don't know. Future. Hendricks? Yeah. Uh, no, nah, not. Wilson. Microsoft. Oh, there you go. They're established. Yeah. Microsoft is an established company. The Seahawks defense has, over the years, been established. Yeah. And they're getting And uh, did you see, uh, who was it? Was it Browner? Oh, yeah, we're the, not going to get into that. We'll leave that to the morning shows. The old, Attempted the, murder. He's in jail for eight years. It's sad. Moving on. Um, all right, Bills, Dolphins. Dolphins beat the Bills. Um, I guess I should Bar- be saying the results of these games. Dan Dan Katz. Okay. Um, Josh Allen, uh, big favorite of Barstool Sports. I'm going. Uh, Dan Katz was happy, I bet. Josh Allen rushes for 135 yards, most by a quarterback. That's in like Bills a sentence. History. Keep, it a, keep, it a, keep it a three words. Come on. All right, uh, Chiefs Raiders. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> that was like five words, but technicalities out the window. That game was mad close. Uh, Chiefs got to get the act together when they play Baltimore next Sunday. They're going to be interesting. Jets, Titans. Worst game. Goddamn Jets. <laughs> All right, there we go. And that's the speed round for the weekly recap. 
Uh, I think we, we, we should gotta, make that a tradition. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta shotgun some Red Bulls. Really <laughs> speed that up next time. Um, all right. So we want to get into. I mean, with the playoff picture kind of, you know, closing in, teams kind of solidifying their spot. Right. Uh, I want to get into the wild card teams, teams that can sneak into the playoffs that threaten the top four or five teams, like we talked about: the Chiefs, Saints, Pats, yeah, um, Rams, obviously. Um, uh, Bennett, what's your team? Uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, they don't really have a home. They play at the StubHub Center, but San Diego. They're Los Angeles, San Diego, Southern California. Um, yeah, they're hot right now. Big win in Pittsburgh on Sunday night. A lot went right for them. Uh, got it started a little early on one particular play, but uh, no one got fired this time as a result of that, ironically enough. But yeah, nonetheless, uh, semantics aside, they won the game. Badgley hit a field goal at the buzzer. Uh, they will they will be playing. He missed a field goal. Yeah, he did. He that, missed that's, a field goal. That's, that's totally, such a Chargers thing. Yeah, that they changed the complexion the of this time. game. No, the Bears miss a ton of field goals, dude. That's going to screw them. Cody Parkey. <laughs> they, oh, I, I they remember had a, him. They had a snippet of a helicopter flying over Bears practice, and they were like, are we watching Cody Parkey kick her? Please, chase." That's funny. That's nuts. Chargers got a week off against the Bengals next week. They will play at the Chiefs, uh, Ravens, at Broncos to finish it out. That's not as easy as people like are willing to admit. I mean, obviously they're going to win that Bengals game, but they could still finish 10-6. and six. I mean, with that being the case, I think they'll still get in just because the Chiefs are – I think the Chiefs – you know, everything going going to plan will lock up the number one seed. If they don't, the Texans will. Um, all all signs do point to the Chiefs locking up number yeah. one. So I think that slides the Chargers in there at that first wild card spot. Definitely think the Ravens can get the six if they if they don't win the AFC North. But we're, we'll stick with the consensus for now that they're gonna win the AFC North. I mean, I'll, I don't I don't see why not. I mean, the easy answer. Is Pittsburgh, uh, but they're is, falling apart at the Pittsburgh, seams, dude. If they if they lose the division, I mean, they're definitely. I mean, uh, would you say they're if they if they sneak into a wild card spot instead of winning the division? I don't. Are I don't they think they're in the Chargers. Um, no, they're not. No matter where you play at Heinz Field, um, the the middle of North. I'll give Dakota. you this: if James Conner is out and, um. I mean, he's like week to week now. But if James Conner and Melvin Gordon are both out, the Chargers win. If James Conner's out, in yeah, I like Melvin how you tried to level the playing field there. The the Chargers did win when. Uh, well, no, yeah, yeah. When Gordon was out, but I, I don't but, even think that would be a matchup hypothetically because we have the Ravens. We're getting kind of yeah, yeah. sidetracked here, but I, I don't even think that would be a matchup because if the Ravens win the the AFC North, the Chargers might actually play the Ravens. Interestingly enough, but. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll paint. Yeah, we'll paint a better playoff picture for you in the in the coming weeks, as we did before. We we kind of painted a loose one before, but we'll have a lot more concise playoff picture as teams are starting to clinch. We'll get a bracket in here. We'll yeah, a- absolutely. We don't want to waste too much time. But as as the Chargers go, they got a lot of ways to beat you. Very complete football team. That defense, man, great pass rush. Bosa's got three sacks in the last three games. They could win on the road. Great win against Pittsburgh the other night. With uh, some other factors prevailing, a false start, uh, two guys running into each other. But, hey, a win's a win. They went in there and gritted out. Rivers played very well. And, you know, to to the point of Phil Rivers, man, I mean, he's hitting his stride at the right time. When Phil Rivers is good, 
He's really good. I think he's finally got some of the weapons he wants. Getting Melvin Gordon back and being able to run the football is also going to go a long way for this team. And all signs point to him coming back early on in the playoffs. I don't think, especially if they lock up a spot here in the end, I don't think they're going to even you know mess with bringing him back. If so, in a very limited capacity, limited capacity. But especially if they lock up a spot, I don't think they'll be bringing him back unless they have like a uh, an end all be all nuclear situation in yeah. like the last week against Denver. But they're gonna take their I time agree. with him. Tough stretch, like we said, at Kansas City, at, De- at or, uh, in this order, at Kansas City, home against Baltimore, at Denver. Uh, not a very easy stretch, but I, I think they're going to power through that. They We don't even mention the Bengals game. We mention only the notable games. They will walk the Bengals next week. Solid all-around defense, like I said. And my big my big X factor for them, they got to create some takeaways. Their defense is relatively good, but they're, they're towards the bottom of the league in takeaways. If, if they can create takeaways, have long, sustained drives, running the football, just keep that time and possession up, I think it bodes well for them in the playoffs, and they can. I don't even want to say they can surprise the team because that's underselling who the Chargers are. I think they can beat a division winner and make a nice little run and really make things interesting. Yeah. In the grander scheme of the playoffs, so looking forward to it. They're going to be good. So I'm going to move it to the NFC. Uh, I think the easy answer here is the Seahawks. I don't want to be an easy guy. I want to. I want to create some controversy. You don't want to be easy. Nope. Actually, uh, so yeah, I, I, I really, really badly want to go Eagles here. Really bad. But they might not even if, make it. If they win Dallas next week, you got to go Eagles, dude. You you, you got to go. Oh, Eagles. yeah, uh, obviously. Yeah, you got to go all But in, um, I have to go Vikings. Uh, I think they got a high-powered offense. Their defense has showed upside. I mean, they're the seventh-ranked or sixth-ranked defense right now. Uh, if they're firing on all cylinders and Kirk Cousins is playing, like we said, if he has under 40 attempts passing, uh, they can definitely steal the show from a yeah. top team. Don't even long cut it. Just say if they run the ball. I mean, oh, yeah, That's yeah. what it boils down to. Dalvin Cook, I mean, he bounced back pretty well from that knee injury. That's what I gathered. He's still got that, still got that burst, still, you know, very I mean, early in his career. He's He's got time, and I think – when it's all said and done, he's going to be good for a lot I think lot they're of projected to be like the 6th, 7th seed right now. Their only losses are to the Rams, the Bills game, which didn't happen, <laughs> the Saints, Bears, and Patriots. So four top-seeded teams right. out of five. Um, they had a tie with the Packers. That's comical. Well, yeah, yeah. that didn't happen either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they got whatever. the 16th-ranked offense, 7th-ranked uh, passing offense, but the 30th rushing offense get dalvin cook the football son that's yeah. what it boils down to that like we said dude monday i'm saying i'm saying dude a lot i'm just, i feel like a smug prick <laughs> i'm not wearing vineyard vines guys i promise um His yeah name's not Mon- kyler tyler spyler and no slander to kyler murray here big, big game coming up december 29th stay tuned for that uh not not that i'm gonna be airing it here but yeah, it's a big game. Everybody knows about it. We'll get to that college football playoff in a little bit. I'm going to have some predictions and whatnot for you. But while we're here on the on the Vikings topic, Monday, it's a, hu- it's a huge game. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Kind of going to determine the, the wild card yeah. shakeup. Do you think, let me raise you this, do you think if the Vikings lose that game, that they still get in the playoffs? Um, it's a tough question because who, who's going to get in if they don't? I mean... 
Uh, if you look at it right now, I mean, if the playoffs started right now today, it'd be the right. Vikings at the number five or six spot. Seahawks are at five, right? Seahawks are at five, yeah. So, I mean, if they lose to Seahawks, dude. That is going to shake some <laughs> junk up. It's you might see really an 8 and 18 get the wild card. You could see the Cowboys if we if we win the division or the Eagles like I don't know. I mean, it, I'm keeping up hope over here, man. You know, Giants <laughs> getting the playoffs at 8 and 8. Eli's going to be our quarterback for another 20 years. Oh, that would be fun. Oh, stop. So, it. the Panthers could see again. I mean, uh, they play the Saints two more. The Packers, come on. Yeah, that would shit, dude. That would shake it up. Like you, you could really see an eight and eight team looking at these standings. You could see an eight and eight team just crawl into the playoffs. See Mark Sanchez getting in with the Redskins. It, it could be fun. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. We're we're uh, we're woke here, but uh, yeah, I think the that game next week is gonna tell a whole lot. All right, so the college football playoff uh, got announced. We have number one, Alabama, playing number four, Oklahoma. Number two, Clemson, playing number three, Bennett's Notre Dame. Um, Yelling to the mic some more. Good morning. (laughs) Sorry about Um, that, folks. So, I mean, thoughts, predictions? You're the college football guy. I, um... I will forever be under the the impression that Notre Dame got snubbed of a two seed. I mean, we, like we said, we knew that two three was gonna was gonna be it. Like Clemson and Notre Dame were not moving. Clemson had a ridiculously easy finish with Pitt in the ACC yeah. championship. That conference has fallen off a cliff, dude. The ACC. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it's Maryland State, leaving. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly. Maryland left and it just fell uh, apart. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, Ralph Ralph Friedgen was really good. Those Terps teams, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, just that, that conference, man, it's just terrible. Florida State had a losing record. Miami's not good anymore. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting a team. Uh, that whole conference is forgettable. Uh, yeah. Clemson just walked it. Notre Dame. The only reason they didn't get the two seed was because they weren't in a conference. I love I love how the committee in like one of their first rankings tried to propagandize and just push all these bum teams into the back of the rankings, like all these bum ACC teams. Well, yeah, Boston College is pretty good. Their quarterback can't throw a forward pass of more than 20 yards, but hey, let's stick them in here. It'll make Clemson look good. And the the <laughs> the icing on the tell me that's not true though. No, it's true. Syracuse it's true. was in there. We destroyed Syracuse. We sent there. We sent them home packing like we did with a lot of good teams. Good teams come to play us. They don't. They don't. Uh, they don't get looked at as good teams when they're done playing us because we embarrass them. I mean, that sounds like such a a homer position to have, but it's true. We did it to Stanford. We did it to Virginia Tech. Sent Syracuse pack, and nobody's talking about Syracuse anymore. I don't think anybody should have been talking about Syracuse in the first place. But nonetheless, I mean, if we were in a conference, I think we would have a lot more, a lot more clout to use an overused. Uh, do you term think, in the 2018 lexicon, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Do you think Georgia got snubbed? Are you Georgia did not people? get snubbed. Yeah. No, we're not in 2050 where two lost teams are going to be making the college football playoff. Yeah. They got beat fair and square. I think uh, you got to think of the conference championships as playoffs, and there are huge you, playoff implications. Yeah. Absolutely, they're, they're um, you can't, oh, and that would have made me mad if Bama would have ended up losing, 
and Georgia get his, gets in, and then Bama takes the yeah, floor. Yeah, I, overall, I think it's a win-win because um, Alabama won. Not that I'm an Alabama fan, but as a result of that, you get a strong you get a stronger field. Yeah. So Alabama Alabama wins. That's a can win we for agree them. right now that Kyler get a Murray is field. the most important player in football um, in college football. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He's a shoe in to win the Heisman, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, not not that get off the Tua train. Yeah, not that that wasn't evident about five weeks ago, but uh, some people are just, I guess, just slow to see the kind of player that he's been and that he literally led Oklahoma to to the college football playoff, even though he's a baseball player. More on that in a minute. But, uh, yeah, as far as that game goes, that's going to be a great game. Oklahoma, their season. It's going to be a video game still. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's literally going to be sitting down and playing NCAA fourteen. Yeah. Uh, rip with on your rookie with your friends. Not not even on rookie. No no no. It's going to be just like a good old fashioned shootout of like undrafted rookie, <laughs> but <laughs> beginner. Whatever the lowest difficulty. No, it's just going to be a shootout. Like you know, no one plays defense in a video game, and that's that's what it's going to be. I mean, not that Alabama doesn't have a good defense. Oklahoma just has a really good offense. I mean, in the end of the day, my prediction is Alabama 45, Oklahoma 38. It's going to be a shootout. And I said I said a few weeks back that Alabama has not been tested in these shootout kind of games, but I mean they they shut me up real quick. They they rose to the top against Georgia on Saturday. Jalen Hurts coming in and playing a huge role in that win, really getting them over the finish line after Tua got hurt. What a story that is. I think this game comes down to a field goal. I have it coming down to a touchdown, but on the point of Jalen Hurts saving the day, like what a story that is. He gets yanked oh, yeah. from the championship game, and then he gets to come back and save it this year, like yeah. 11 months later. And just two goes, is out for two weeks. Well, that that won't play into the game so much. No, but no, no. But it's going to be interesting, their game plan. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I'm saying I see that what you're getting at. Yeah. Hurts, like if Tua gets dinged up again. Hurts can be. They're the gonna guy. use Hurts in that game, dude. Um, in some capacity, they're gonna try and put the ball in his hands. Have so much respect you. for Hurts staying in. Oh yeah, in dude. Alabama. He's, yeah, like not. I mean, to, obviously, like Kelly Bryant leaving Clemson. I don't like hate on him for yeah, doing he's that. A, he's a doing he's the best. a grown man, and yeah. like you say, he's got to do the what's best for himself. He didn't see a way through that QB situation. I think Kelly Bryant can go. If he hasn't already, I feel like people forgot about him. Did he he's transfer going to Missouri. somewhere? Missouri. Yeah. Does that mean Drew Locke is going to leave? Question mark. Uh, it begs the question. I mean, is he eligible right? He definitely away? got. He's going to be eligible right away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's uh, we're we're going to keep we're going to keep a uh, nice little side eye on that. But yeah, staying staying in the in the lines of this game, I think Bama just has straight men on their football team. I mean, Quinn and Williams, Mac Wilson, Deontay Thompson, some other fellows on that defense. It's just. They're good. They're a good defense. I mean, points points don't tell the whole story. The college game is kind of turning this way too. What the number of points you allow, it isn't indicative of how good or bad your defense is. It's about containment, creating turnovers, and not letting the game go off the rails. Yeah. Shutouts while they t- while they're if, if very it's... indicative of the skill of your defense, they don't tell the whole story. Like, you know, it's really about containment and not letting it come down to, I think, both games, honestly. Both games are going to be shootouts. It's a strong field. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, both games will come down to whichever teams turn over the ball the most. Yeah, you can't, you cannot make mistakes. If Bama turns over the ball 
against Oklahoma, they're not going to win. Yeah, no, point point blank period. Like, yeah, you can. If you Bama make comes out no. like they did against Georgia, against Oklahoma, they're done. Yeah, I, I tend I to agree think, with I that. I think Oklahoma. I mean, they're one of the Oklahoma's defense. Oklahoma's defense sucks, though. Like, I, yeah, I, no, that's, obviously, that's what people are not talking about. Yeah. Their defense is absolutely horrible. Alabama has a number of vertical threats, and then if you incorporate Jalen Hurts and Tua into the same game plan, I mean, they're similar players. Tua just has an arm. I, that's just another guy you kind of got to worry about with the ball in his hands, uh, being able to attack you and get into space and make things happen. Overall, I don't think I don't think Kyler Murray's gonna be able to scramble very much. To be honest with you, I think Alabama is gonna throw a lot of pressure at him. And they have guys that can play sideline to sideline. I mean, Mac Wilson is going to be on Tua's case the whole game. Deontay Thompson as well. Uh, Alabama. Kyler. You yeah. Said they're going to be on Kyler's case. Uh, <laughs> the Oklahoma defense, they're going to try and be on Tua's case. I don't know how that's going to bode for them. But I just think Alabama <laughs> wins this game off of sheer manpower. Oklahoma hasn't seen anything like this all year. A big question for me is, is Tua going to be mobile and – Will his mobility or lack thereof really affect Alabama's output at all? Do you think that, or does, uh, does I mean, it not matter? I think if they're gonna, uh, if they're run, gonna run, they'll put Hurts in. Yeah, they'll just they they'll go out of they their have way design to design runs. Yeah, they'll them. go out of their way to design it. I don't think they're yeah. gonna have to be too deceptive against the defense. And plus, like, like in having Hurts play like that and then against Georgia, it really opens up some play calling. Oh no, it's a different look. Because I mean, now you, see, you can just sub in Hurts and not run it. Yeah, just I mean, you it. see college teams doing this. Like, we do it with Brandon Wimbush. Notre Dame does, like, books in there. Wimbush is in there sometimes. Wimbush has caught a pass this season. Lawrence and Brian were split in time. Fields and Fromm at Georgia were split in time. Tate Martell even got into it. Shout out to Tate Martell, QB1 Beyond the Lights. Great series. Watch it on Netflix if you haven't. Two seasons are out. Bangers. Love the show. But uh, Tate Martell has even got some time for Ohio State this year, and he's made some plays. Uh, his time, I don't know when it's going to come. We're going to talk about Ohio State and Urban Meyer leaving here in the coming days. Definitely going to be a uh, an interesting discussion and uh, just, yeah, just a, just a generally interesting, you know, forecast for where the program's going to go with him leaving. That's a huge figure for that program and college football as a whole, but um yeah like i said i think i think it's going to be interesting to see how they they kind of manage and design their game plan with two and hurts both in the fold as far as alabama goes i think they just win by keeping kyler murray off the field running the ball effectively damian harris has been really good for them this season in the capacity he's gotten touches uh alabama's got a lot of vertical threats too isaiah smith uh henry ruggs judy's been great Got a good tight end as well, and uh, Waddle, adjusting my microphone. <laughs> they have a they have a number of weapons. I mean, Alabama, you kind of just think they're like, they're they're like amorphous, and they're just this machine. They don't overlook the individuals. The Judy's been great. Isaiah Smith's been great. Harris. They have guys. They're not just they're not just a factory. They're a football factory, and that they turn out great pros and they get great recruits, but. You have to look subjectively at each individual player and the contribution, especially the contribution they bring to the table, especially this time of year, the real nitty-gritty, uh, when you're going to find out, you know, who's who. It's it's crunch time, but I got Alabama 45-38. to 38. They're going to be in that – going to be playing on that Monday in early January. And that, uh, that brings us to the next game, Clemson and Notre Dame. Noah, I am a huge Notre Dame homer. You know yeah. – you know good and well that I mm-hmm. love Notre Dame. 
especially this season, they really impressed me. I didn't think I, I was I was concerned coming out of the gate. I didn't think we were gonna make as much noise as we did having close games with teams like Ball State, uh, <laughs> almost almost losing a few. But uh, especially once Ian Book got got in the fold, there we really turned it on and we sprinted to the finish line. Despite not being in a conference that matters to some people, like the committee, but uh, we we kicked ass. I think we have a very complete football team. That being said, what do you think the the eleven point favorite uh, Clemson has to do to beat us? Um, I mean, they just gotta keep playing the way they've been playing. Uh, the way they the way they played in like October. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like Trevor Lawrence, great quarterback, great arm. Um. They have some threats on the outside and wide receiver, and then their defense is where they make the money. Their defensive line's pretty crazy. Uh, Christian Wilkins, um, very versatile. Yeah, and then we were talking about earlier. I've totally forgot. Kendall Joseph is a linebacker for Clemson. He's a top linebacker pro- prospect. I've watched a lot of his film. Yeah, that's... Like, Mac Wilson and Devin White are, like, top linebackers in the next draft. And then it goes Kendall Joseph, like, right there with him. Yeah, uh, Devin Bush is good, too. Michigan's guy. Yeah. I don't know if yep. he's going to declare. But, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get into the bigger picture of the draft. And we'll go position by position. But, I, I, I mean, a lofty I'm not episode. as... Uh, I don't know a lot of college football uh, based on, like, stats and all that. I just know I prospects. Like, I watch. Let me just say this: I feel like college basketball is a lot more stat heavy. And oh yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. at this time of year, it's just like okay, this team for college football, this team has this. They do this well. It's not yeah. like you know we're looking at. Uh, I just wish college football had a March Madness. <laughs> Sixty-four teams. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Maybe next time. Not. A, not on this planet. But UCF I, would definitely not get in. <laughs> Hell no! no absolutely <laughs> not. Nah, they put them like at the five seed, like yeah. right on the doorstep or whatever. Or the fifty-five seed, however many teams no, are. They, they just play Alabama. Yeah, first, f- game. first four out. They play in the they play in the NIT. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like for college football though, they don't look at like variable X and like you know calculated adjusted for inflation to yeah. the nth degree. They don't do all these complex formulas and whatnot. I feel like it's just a lot more like, okay, these guys have this. This is their strong point. This is their weak point. Let's get on the field and play. Like it's not, it's not as number heavy. It's not as analytical at all. It doesn't just, lend itself to that. It's just, it's just competition in its purest form. That's what I love about the it. The only reason I really watch college football. I mean, obviously, we have a sports podcast. I gotta watch some. But besides yeah. that, uh, for my own good, I just watch prospects. Like I literally, ninety percent of my YouTube videos are right. prospect right. breakdowns. Yeah, that that's been your thing for. Uh, I noticed that you about a year ago, dude. We didn't talk for like a week. I'm like, yeah, man, what you been up to? And you're like, oh, just been taking a deep dive into these prospects. <laughs> you got like pages and pages of guys I've never even heard of, but nonetheless, I think on the Notre Dame side of things, I think we can definitely we can definitely beat Clemson, and it pisses me off to no degree. I know it pisses Brian Kelly off too. That guy's a firecracker. If you haven't seen him on our sideline. On some of the post game shows, he's a he's an angry little fella. Not that I'm six fourteen, but he's a he's a pissant man. That guy don't take he doesn't take any crap. I think he's gonna really have some built bulletin board material going into this game. We're an eleven point underdog, like houseway. I don't understand how we're an eleven point underdog. Yeah, that, that doesn't make much sense. No sense. I mean, I get like Vegas. 
is kind of... I don't get Vegas. They're trying to make money off of that, probably. Stu doesn't get Vegas. I mean, some uninformed people will be like, oh, Notre Dame's not in a conference. Doug doesn't get Vegas. <laughs> no. I, yeah, I hate that. Sense. I hate that fact, dude, that they're like, oh, Notre Dame's not in a conference. Therefore, they are not good. Their, rec- their resume doesn't hold as much water as Clemson, who beat the piss out of North Carolina Farmers Institute of Technology, 59 to nothing. It's like, yeah, they're not, you have to look at the conference itself. Like you have to look at the, at the substance of the conference. Like we said, the ACC is utter trash, but let's, uh, let's boil this down here to the game itself. Clemson has some great skill players, T Higgins, uh, Justin Ross, true freshman receiver. It's been a stud for Clemson. T Higgins is a great vertical threat, can really do a ton after the catch. Uh, Mario Rogers has been good for them too. Etienne, Travis Etienne, he was in that Heisman discussion heavy for to about the midpoint of the season and then what i gather from his uh heisman candidacy kind of evaporating is he just didn't he didn't get as much as as many touches down the stretch yeah they were very i don't even want to say pass oriented but i just well actually if he wasn't getting touches they were probably passing the ball more i sound stupid but nonetheless um you know neither here nor there he wasn't getting the touches or he wasn't making the most of them I'm not a Clemson football fan, obviously, so I, I don't know. I, I I don't know the th- the thick of why he wasn't getting said touches, but I think for them to win, he's gonna have to get touches. There's a physical defense on both sides as well. Uh, Clemson's front four, four guys and uh, Wilkins. I know Wilkins and Farrell. I feel like I'm overlooking one of the guys or the, the two other guys. I'm a lame, like I said, not a huge Clemson guy. I probably need to lend myself to some more research before this game comes uh, comes to fruition on December 29th, and we'll be talking about it a little more as uh, as that date approaches. But Wilkins and Clellan Farrell come to mind immediately. That's two yeah. guys who can do a, a lot, you know, out of the way of technique and moving around, playing uh, multiple positions on the front there. Notre Dame's good as well. I mean, we got Tillery, Aquara. Uh, Tavon Coney, Tranquil. Uh, it's just a couple couple of our better players in the front there. Our defense, one thing I love about it is we can get takeaways. We're one of the better defenses in the country at uh, creating turnovers and really capitalizing on them. I think we – I remember the Stanford game. I think we turned them over like three times in a row, like pick, fumble, pick. One of them was a pick six. That That game really showed me that our defense was <clears throat> to be taken seriously. And uh, another another commonality between this team is, uh, you know, Trevor Trevor Lawrence and Ian Book are both, you know, pretty mobile. They can move the pocket somewhat well. Um, I think Book can move the pocket a little better than Lawrence. But when you're 6'6", I mean, how much do you need to move the pocket? Your throwing lanes are always open. You can just slam dunk over the top pretty much. None of your balls are going to get batted down. I think I think they're they're pretty similar in that they're really efficient. They don't make a ton of mistakes. And, like, like we spoke on, that's going to go a long way at this time of year. It's going to, it's really going to, you know, show who, show who's meant to be, show who's meant to be, you know, it's going to, it's going to determine who's, who's playing on that Monday in early January. I think if the, keeping the ball safe, being efficient. Bama, Oklahoma game, if we say that's a video game, then the Clemson or Dame games kind of like Rams versus Saints. Or like, yeah, that, that is a fair, 
Mm, like it's more like both a, teams I have a better know. defense than the Chiefs. So let's be frank about that. <laughs> Rams Saints is a fair comparison. I don't like to compare college football to the NFL. Totally. No, yeah, but pretty pretty different. Scoring wise, yeah, scoring it's not going wise, to be as high, but it's still going to right. be like high power. Solid all around teams. I yeah. see. I see what you're getting at. That's a fair assessment. Uh, Dexter Williams for us. I, I mentioned Etienne and their running game. Dexter Williams has to run the football well for us, get to the second level, pass those uh, sturdy D linemen. Clemson is like third or something ridiculous in the country in run defense. They don't allow over 100 a game. I think it's like 93.7, something along those lines. But Dexter Williams has to get to the second level, has to hold on to the football. Not that he's had a fumbling problem, but like we said, you have to – you have to have long sustained drives, time you have to win time of possession in these games. For sure. I'd like to keep Trevor Lawrence off the field, kinda of keep him unsure, kinda of keep him in limbo as far as the flow of the game goes. Yeah. Can't give up any big plays. We have to keep Etienne uh contained, really make Trevor Lawrence be surgical and put it put the onus on him to win them the football game. Got to give, got to get pressure on him as well. That's another kinda, huge point for me. I just want to bring this up. It kind of sucks for Clemson and Notre Dame because the Bama Oklahoma game is going to be so, I don't know, electric, that like it's not going to the Clemson Notre Dame game any other time would be such a great game. Oh but, no, it is. I mean, I don't know who's it's playing. Not first. nearly going to get as much attention as the Bama Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, you have two perennial Heisman candidates playing in that game. Yeah. That's that. I think a lot of that plays into the fact that it's going to be so electric. And that's not to say that Clemson Notre Dame is not a good game. I mean, no, yeah, it's a great game. Like, like I said, have the times been determined yet? Even if the Oklahoma Bama games first, real football fans, like say say that say that Oklahoma Bama game is. Turns out to be everything it's being billed as a shootout, a video game. Say it, it's like electric, and it comes down to some crazy player. It's a really close game. You're like, oh my god, dude, that was such an awesome game. I'm coming off a bender off that game, bro. Yeah, the real football fans will be like, okay, that was fun. Let's uh, let's gear up for Notre Dame Clemson. This is gonna be just as good of a game. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Clemson be, Notre Dame be... plays at four. Oh, and then Oklahoma and Bama play at eight. They might look past us actually for for that game, but like I said, the true football fans will watch. Play, no, yeah. so that's neither here nor there. Um, back to yeah, back to the context. Uh, constant pressure on Trevor Lawrence is a must. We have to move, make him move the pocket, kind of have him uncomfortable, bring pressure from different angles, make him make throws that aren't his bread and butter, more or less. Uh, Ian Book's got to be really precise too. Like I said, it goes back to keeping the ball in our hands for the bulk of the game. Yeah. Notre Dame wins by sustaining drives, running the football, putting Lawrence in unfamiliar positions, moving his pocket, and just kind of like I said, keeping him in limbo. Those long drives are going <clears> to <throat> go a long way to the extent that we get them. You know who I got. I got Notre Dame's 30, 38-30. We're going to be playing Alabama without Manti Teo and his girlfriend on that Monday in January. Looking forward to it. We're going to be talking more about these games in the weeks ahead. Noah, anything from you? I talk too much. No, I'm, uh, again, you're the college football guy. Um, I like to think I am. Really excited for the Bama-Oklahoma game and excited to get the text from you, the Notre Dame-Clemson, uh, complaining about Notre Dame. Can't brother, wait. brother. We're, we're, that's a... That's a 
I think the 29th is a Saturday. Oh, no, we'll be watching it, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a given. It's I, not I can't wait, I can't wait for the things to be thrown. I, I, I'm excited. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you doing if, you're not in, <laughs> if we're not in each other's person for this game? It's yeah. going to be, we're, we're going to make something of this. It's going to be live to whatever extent. Wherever I watch this game, I'm going to be dialed in. Setting is, is not relevant. I'm going to be dialed in, <clears> turned up, whatever. Whatever descriptor you want to use, I'm, I'm going to be zoned in. Really looking forward to this college football playoff. Like I said, I'm glad it boiled down the way it did. Very strong field. We're going to be talking about the forecast for the Ohio State program, uh, maybe some some coaching changes, just kind of, kind of, you know, kind of setting the landscape for the future of college football here in the coming weeks. Now that it kind of, now that everything's kind of winding down, it's going to be more or less all said and done. More college football coming up soon. We're going to be getting into college basketball as well. We're going to be talking about the SEC. Shout out to our boy Emmanuel Quickly, point guard for Kentucky. Uh, college basketball is really interesting this year with uh, with the Dukes, Kentuckys. A um, lot of Kansas. lot of Kansas has been good too. A lot of top teams have been taking some awkward losses. I know Villanova was ranked at like eight. They're not they're not necessarily ranked anymore. They're at the back. So a lot, lot to get into for college basketball, the NBA as well. I know some of you guys have been looking for that content in particular, and a uh, bit of a bit of a curveball here, every pun intended. We're going to be talking MLB free agency soon, so stay tuned for that and more on the sports desk. That is all for me, Noah. That's it for me too. Have a nice day, folks. Have a nice, good evening, everybody. Nice day. That's what I meant to yeah, say. Yeah, it's whatever. Okay. It's it's five o'clock See you guys. somewhere. Thanks, guys. See ya.